Many of us, myself included, woke up this morning to stinky air and some unsightly clouds blocking some of our favorite vistas. But uh, that's one thing. The other thing is, is the bad air and the air quality that we saw, especially this morning, is it really dangerous to most of us or is it just more of a nuisance unless you have some of these pre-existing conditions that many of us talk about. Well, let's get some answers by bringing in Dr. Barinder Narang, family physician and Global News CKNW medical contributor. Doctor, thanks so much for being with us. Good afternoon, Bruce. I hope you're doing well. Well, I'm doing okay, but I got to say that (laughs) I went to bed last night. I coughed a little bit and... um, I thought, okay, it's starting, and then this morning woke up, and actually in the bedroom it was fine. Down below, not so fine when we got to the kitchen, and uh, boy, it, it makes you think. And some people get really worried. Who needs to worry, and who needs to be just kind of okay and just take it in stride? Yeah, I mean, I wish I knew who should worry. I think part of it is that often... Uh, the nature of um, worry is that we can't predict how it's going to affect us. So I think part of this is the first step is to identify what are we dealing with. So what is wildfire smoke? The complex mixture of gases, small particles. And as we've noticed from last night to today, it can change very quickly. And and we know even like us in the lower mainland where um, we've been relatively isolated from the wildfires um, um, what happened in the interior this week that um, that the air has changed very drastically in that time to the point where in the Fraser Valley you're there uh, based on the air quality index it's considered high risk and in the uh, lower mainland in more Vancouver Richmond area it's in that moderate to high risk and so what does that mean for the person I think that's what we look at is a person's worry is that like what is their individual risk? And then it goes back to some of the stuff we've talked about over the last couple of years. It's like, what is your cardiovascular status? What is your uh, respiratory status? Like how healthy are your lungs and your heart? The most symptoms for someone um, like 20 year old who doesn't have any lung problems, yeah, maybe you'll get some sore throat, eye irritation, runny nose. It's going your body will sense the irritation. It'll cause an inflammatory response. Once the irritant is gone, the inflammation will heal. A few days later, you probably won't notice anything. But we need to worry about the people who are predisposed to certain conditions. That's what we talk about. Um, um, like people who might have structural problems, whether that's in their lungs, such as asthma or emphysema, or people who might have diabetes, which might impact their immune system, people who are pregnant, who their physiology is different, and so they react to external irritants separately, and then the elderly and small children. So there's a lot of different considerations there. So if you were somebody, say, in your mid-50s, and this morning you wanted to run up the stairs because you forgot something and suddenly you felt, you know, that's not the same as most days when I run up the stairs. Uh, I'm actually panting a little bit. Is it something that you should end up being a little bit worried about? Do you suddenly fall under that category of someone that needs to take more precautions when we run into these smoke situations? Speaking for a friend, of course. (laughs) Well, I guess uh, it comes down to how well controlled are the conditions that you have. And so part of it is the only variable that today the smoke was different or is this, you know, yesterday when the the air quality might have been uh, the same that you also felt it. So I think part of that is like people can have chronic conditions that have variable levels of control. So if you have a chronic condition, do you have 
um, rescue medication. Sometimes if someone has heart disease, they need to take a um, an angina puffer, like a nitro spray under their tongue. Or if they have asthma or COPD, you might have what we call reliever puffers. So I think part of that is having a plan in place, whether and this is how we counsel our patients, like if you have, um, you know, um, infection or respiratory season coming up, what are you, what is your plan for if you get sick? Okay, here's your, your regular medications that you take if you're doing well. What are the rescue medications you take um, if you start feeling, uh, you know, irritable or your lungs start feeling irritable? I think part of that is if you're feeling like that inside, is there a way that you can optimize that environment you're living in? Um, if people, you know, we've been talking about HEPA filters or um, keeping the windows and doors closed during these high smoke times to try to keep that outside the house as much possible. Make sure that the input temperature as much as you can is at a comfortable level. level. Um, those are things we can do inside. Hydration, absolutely important because like we, I talked about more specific symptoms people can have, especially related to lungs or their upper respiratory tract. But people can also have very generalized symptoms, headaches, dizziness, and a lot of that can be related to just dehydration. And so just making sure you're staying hydrated is important. And of course, um, you or your friend who's in the mid-50s and is cognizant of this, you have the faculties um, to take care of yourself and the tools and means to do that, but not everyone has that. So is, is there anyone in your life that you feel, okay, I should be checking in on? And um, if they're not able to understand or um, you know, have the tools to address um, that themselves, how can you help them? Doctor, uh, you, do you end up seeing, like in family practice, more patients when you run into these smoke events or even the heat events, is this a time of year where more people are coming in and saying, hey, this is happening to me? And you have to say, I think it's related to what's happening with uh, with the climate. I, my experience, um, knowing that and there's different settings when we talk about family practice, there are some people who will be working in emergency rooms and urgent cares and then in our kind of our long longitudinal clinics. So, you know, a lot of people who have acute issues do tend to go to emergency room or walk-ins or urgent care right now. Um, and so me, myself, I haven't seen a lot yet this week, but I know my, definitely my colleagues working in those different settings have, definitely have. I know over the last few years, we've been noticing um, differences in, in uh, allergy seasons, the big becoming more severe, um, more uh, prolonged, and that can be in skin conditions, it can be in your um, allergic, like runny nose symptoms, or it can be asthma. And so definitely that. And then with the heat, the dehydration, the confusion, definitely there's been an impact on visits to the emergency room. And we all know the impact the heat dome um, and how it disproportionately impacted people who were um, elderly living isolated and there was evidence showing that it, it actually disproportionately impacted patients with schizophrenia as well because of their living situations and so i think part of it is the the we're looking at individual aspects of the impact of climate change and a lot of people have been saying well you know we're years away from that happening but no these are very real changes now that we're going to be seeing every year well, I appreciate your time on that. And uh, seeing it every year is one thing. The other thing is how many times over the course of one season. I don't think we're through it yet. <laughs> but uh, yeah. that's just me. Doctor, thank you. Always have a great weekend. Take care.